Welcome to Clydesdale Media, fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off at checkout at c4energy.com. The 2023 Season Series with some amazing athletes. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast, where we are trying to interview as many of the 2023 CrossFit Games semifinalists as we can. And we have with us none other than Drake Lewis. Drake, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So first of all, congratulations on semis. Thank you. Very excited to be going this year. Yeah. So, um, and this is your first semifinal. This is my second. I was at Atlas Games second. last year. Yep. Okay. Oh, there it is. All right. Yeah, I'm trying to get the layout of my notes better. Hopefully by like interview 52, I'll have it where I need it. Yeah, there you um, go. Work it out. But yeah, teams. 17th at Atlas Games last year. Yep, that's right. Yeah, nice. Um, So let's start with, with where your athletic background started from. And I know that you played some college baseball. Yeah. So was baseball your thing growing up? Baseball and football were kind of the primary uh, ones that we spent most of the time on. I had an older brother. Uh, I was like two years older than me. I was kind of always chasing in his footsteps. And my dad was a high school football coach. And so we were kind of always just around all the sports growing up. And we, we played all, all year round baseball growing up, um, specifically probably the most. And um, he ended up playing college baseball. I kind of followed in his footsteps, played two years of college baseball. And so, yeah. And you, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Southern Utah, a small town called Cedar City, but now I live in Northern Utah, just a little bit North of Salt Lake, kind of in the Ogden area. And you, you said year round, did the weather allow for that in Southern Utah? Yeah, we, we were in Cedar City. It's a lot like Northern, Northern Utah snows a lot. Um, So definitely in the winter, we would travel down to the most Southern part of Utah, which is St. George, which is very desert-like if you've ever been there it's like arizona so it's always okay you're able, to, able to play all year round and what position did you play i was a catcher for my whole entire career from like 10 years old all the way through college all right when you made the throw to second was it from the knees or did you uh stand up once i progressed and got some stronger arm strength as i got older i went throw it from the knees sometimes but not the majority of the time okay so how did how did your knees hold up from being a catcher all those years? Pretty good, actually. I get asked that question a lot. Surprisingly, my knees are fine. I think I dealt with, if anything, a lot of like hip impingements and just like really stiff hip pain. Um, that was mostly just like negligence because I never stretched or did like any type of mobility or anything as I was playing baseball because I just didn't know about it and never did anything. So yeah, I um. One thing is for sure, I'm betting when you first started CrossFit, you could squat below parallel. Yes. That bottom of the <laughs> squat position was very comfortable for me. It's pretty much where I spent most of my time. Right. Um, so when I, I was a catcher for periods of my career playing baseball, what I found is I hit worse when I was a catcher okay. than when I played any other position. Yeah. Legs and I think a little more the, fresh, there's probably. just a fatigues on my leg. Oh yeah. There's nothing like playing double headers on a Saturday in 110 degree weather and 
having all the gear strapped on you all day long. And that's a much different position than anywhere else on the field. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely took it out of me and I, it was not my favorite position. So kudos to anybody who enjoyed that position. If I had to change it, I would go back and switch to any other position than catcher. So <laughs> I regret it, especially as I got older, but it, it was what it was. Yeah. So you played football too. What, what position in football? Yeah, I played, um, I was played defense and offense, small school. You, you played both ways, just kind of how it was. I was like a slot receiver um, on offense. And then on defense, I played kind of like a strong safety slash linebacker position. Okay. Yeah. Those high school sports, you kind of do multitasking and, and move the personnel around where you need them in that moment. Yep. Yeah. Kind of just got to play wherever they need you. <laughs> yeah. So how did you find CrossFit? It's actually, uh, my mom started out in the OG days of CrossFit clear back probably in 2010, 11, maybe. Um, I know that there was a box in our town that opened up. Um, she's just always kind of been into fitness. She taught like cycling classes, um, did all types of the high fitness, whatever Zumba type things that she would teach at just random global gyms. And so she's always been into fitness. And I remember her starting it when I was just a little kid. Um, and just, I would go there sometimes and just see her do it, but I never really got involved in it. So I always knew what CrossFit was. Um, and then just once I finished up my athletic career with baseball and things through college, um, it was just kind of like something that was going to happen regardless. Like it was just waiting for me to start into it, getting that competitive landscape. So I, I always knew what it was. I just kind of never got involved with it. I always, I always trained for sports. I was always in the gym. Um, and then once I finished my baseball career, I, I just, I need something else to compete in and be a part of and train hard in. So just like CrossFit, the door for CrossFit was kind of wide open. And that's just what I started immediately after my sports career. Well, one, th one thing's for sure is Utah is, is almost one of the hotbeds of CrossFit. Um, a lot of the OGs came from Utah, um, you know, Spieler, yep. Miranda, all of those people. Um, the buttery bros. Yep. Uh, so did you grow, did you see any of those while you're any of those people while growing up? So I didn't know it at the time, but when, as I grew up as a kid playing youth sports, um, at the college in Cedar city, Southern Utah, the strength and conditioning coach, um, forgive me. I can't remember the names. The last name was Benyon, but his wife, I can't remember her name, but she was on one of the teams with Tommy Hackenbrook. And all those guys, okay. when they won the games back in like 12 and 13, I had no idea what that was then. So like looking back, I was like, holy cow, like I knew those people. Like I, I played sports with uh, their, their kids and stuff. And their, their dad was the co strength coach at the college. And so definitely connections were there. And I just didn't know about it until later on. It's interesting. Yeah, I forgot all about Tommy Hackenbrook. Yeah. Um, legend in his own right with the Ute CrossFit crew, two-time right. affiliate games champion. Um, yeah, we've had him on the show. Uh, he is, you know, he went to the University of Utah too and played football there. Right, with, right. With Urban Meyer, and uh, it's kind of like a little mini legend there in Utah. Yeah, people. I think he's resides in is it Vegas now, but I know that he's still yeah. known for being up here. So yeah, yeah, just outside of Vegas, working with the underdogs crew. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so do you coach yourself? Do you have a coach? Do I have a coach? 
for CrossFit? Yes, I, I this year, just after um, this last fall, I just started working with Adrian Conway in True Fitness. Um, turns out he lives 10 minutes away from me. So I, I, did, I knew he lived in northern Utah. I figured that he lived in the Salt Lake area. And I knew Adrian, he would drop into Wasatch all the time because obviously that's where they won the games at. Um, and so he'd been around that area and eventually just um, being around and he started doing his true fitness programming um, within the area and started picking up a lot of competitors from our gym. Um, and it was just something that made sense to finally get a one-on-one -on -one coach. And the fact that he lives 10 minutes away from me and in the same area, it was a no brainer to jump on his programming and have him as a coach in my corner. Yeah. I saw that you were with Wasatch, um, you know, a legend in their own right by the only team to beat rich at the games. That's right. Um, so you're, do you get to, do you get to spend a lot of time with Adrian? Is there a lot of one-on-one -on -one time or is it more just like a, he sends you programming and you just kind of reach out to him when need be? Yeah. Mo more so the latter, um, just cause probably more for my sake, I'm, I'm really busy. Um, I have the opportunity to go train with him and some of the other competitors, usually like once a week. Unfortunately, my schedule doesn't usually allow for it. So it does tend to be more, he plugs in all the programming. If I ever need to talk to him, I just text him. He hits me up usually weekly, just kind of seeing how everything's going, just kind of keep the uh, line of communication consistent and stuff. Um, but yeah, if I, if I need to get with him by any means, like um, I, I've done, gone and done workouts in his garage before. So um, if I need to, it's pretty easy to link up, but usually the schedule just kind of makes it difficult. A uh, little humble brag there. Yeah. Just drop into his garage and get a workout <laughs> in. Yeah. It's uh, um, it was nice for him to do that. <laughs> yeah. So walk me through that process. You, you, you hire him as a coach. Do you have like a meeting and where you determine kind of what your needs are for the upcoming season and then he designs a program around that is it more of a template program where then you look at it and go "Ooh, i need a little more of this a little less of that yeah so really kind of how it happened was um taking it back to 2021 i had a uh, a one-on-one -on -one coach that pretty much brought me up in crossfit it was just kind of like a really good friend um that basically just volunteered his time to he helped me out in crossfit because he saw a lot of potential that i had and he just wanted to you know provide me with all the tools that he had and after a few years that kind of um relationship just kind of broke off in good terms um but my good buddy he just said hey like i've pretty much given you everything that i feel like i'm able to and like i just feel like you're ready to move on to something bigger and better and so on that point, I ended up actually joining Proven Fitness Programming, just their templated stuff, just because I needed something to something to follow, like a high competitor track. And so I actually did Proven Competitor Programming all the way up until the 2022 semifinals. Um, and that, I love that. I did it for almost a year. Uh, helped me make a lot of gains. My fitness did really good. Um, and But since Adrian was kind of local in that area, he saw how I did Atlas games. He was actually commentating out there. Um, he obviously has lots of connections with people around my gym, the coaches at my gym, and he would drop in and stuff for some competitive type um, trainings and um, just clinics and things we do. And just having conversations with him, he kind of just um, offered more so offered like his services to me and was interested in wanting to coach me. Um, he just thought that he had some value to provide to me and, um, telling me that um, there's things that I could work on 
things that he sees that he feels that he could add to to my competitive game and just um, helping me out with mindset type things. And from there, it just made sense. All the things that he said that um, we would work on together and um, the ways that he would help me evolve and adapt as a better athlete, especially because he's been there before, right? He's he's won the games as a team. So I knew that he had a lot of experience to offer and, um, and just the fact that he wanted to work with me and uh, he personally told me that he, he was willing to, um, you know, want me as an athlete. It, it made a lot of sense for me. And so I just went from there. Well, something must be working because in 21, you are 454th in uh, North America for the quarterfinals. In 2022, you're 122nd. Yep. And then this year, you were 19th in North America West. Right. Massive improvements over the last three years. Um, where do you think you've gotten the most improvement? Um, I would say, I mean, the first haul of the, my CrossFit career, especially the first like three years, I kind of, um, it was made clear that um, strength was the hardest thing to obtain, at least that takes the most amount of time. So from when I first started CrossFit, I kind of knew in the back of my head, like, hey, if I ever want to compete at this high level of stage, like I cannot do it unless I have the strength to be there. And it's very clear that it takes a substantial amount of time to gain and build that strength. So that was kind of really the hammer of focus the very first three years of my CrossFit career. So all the way up until 2022 semifinals, I was constantly just focusing on strength. And then being at 2022 semifinals, I took second in the lifting event of the complex. And that was kind of like the deal breaker there for me where it was finally like, okay, like I have the strength to hang with the best and it's where that needs to be. So from there on out for this year, it's kind of been like, okay, I can kind of delegate that and start focusing on other areas of my fitness and just building more capacity and just all around um, just aerobic skills, um, and just being all around more fit really. Yeah. So what does the next month and a half look like for you as you get ready for Pasadena? <clears throat> lots and lots of volume and intensity. Um, <laughs> every day it's, it's probably ramped up another good hour to two hours of training every day, as long as my schedule allows, um, just really hammering. Um, obviously just very classic style CrossFit, um, events, um, and some higher, lots of events with like higher skills, um, heavier weights and things that you're typically see at semifinals, right? We've been kind of repeating some old, um, regional workouts. Um, I even retested a workout that I did last year, Atlas games, um, and just really trying to get the body as primed as possible to take on as much volume as you can over that three day period on the semifinal weekend. So, um, this next five weeks, it's like hammer it down as hard as you can. And then a week and a half out is kind of when you start that taper, start ideally kind of lowering off the gas, allowing the body to get as fresh and primed as possible before head out to Pasadena. So what's the goal for Pasadena? The goal is to make it to the games. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be competing and trying to, excel in this sport if I wasn't trying to make it to the games uh, after seeing myself last year being able to make it to semifinals and taking basically the top half of the field I know that as far as I've improved every single year um, as far as I come I don't see that it's out of the question and um, I think I can make a big splash I you know I feel as 
I'm a nobody in the sport right now. And I like it that way. I want to be the underdog and I, I want to come out and surprise people with uh, my abilities that I have and be able to kind of show off what I've been working on for not only this past year, but for all the years prior that I've started CrossFit. And, um, I, I'm going to go for all, I'll go for it all. Obviously, you know, if the goal is not the games, then there would be no point in me even trying to compete. So, you know, growing up with team sports, baseball, football, how much more do you, do you think you str- thrive <clears throat> in a live competition atmosphere? So much more. That's a funny conversation that I have with a lot of people all the time. And I, and you can see it when you look at the stat sheets, like if you look at my performances on online qualifiers or any type of whatever, it's just like, oh, it's okay. But then every time when I show up in person or on the competition field, I do like exponentially better, right? So I was a backfill to semifinals last year by two spots. And then I show up and I'm able to take 16th out of 30 guys. So it's like, no one would expect me to do that if I'm just a backfill. And then it's like this, this winter, I did the Wadapalooza online qualifiers. Once again, I was a backfill into the RX division and I podium second place. So it's like once it comes game time and I'm in person, I have much higher levels of confidence and be able to show up on game day and being able to have the momentum and adrenaline of being on the competition floor than I would in any other setting. So that's what excites me going into semifinals this year is I took 19th in the region and it's like, I know that I'm only so much better in person so it's like i have lots of hopes and confidence going into the semifinal knowing that i can be better than i was even in quarterfinals yeah there's some fundamental flaws with an online competition right you know those of us who grew up in sports you get one shot like Mm -hmm. when you go into the batter's box you get your three strikes to hit the ball right and if you don't it's over Yep. With these online competitions, well, it didn't go so well. I'm going to do a redo, and then I'm going to do another redo, and mm-hmm. now I figured it out. So now I'm going to do you know a fourth redo, whatever. Yep. And then you can you can manipulate that leaderboard through that process. And people get um, comfortable in their own gyms using their own equipment. I make the joke that people are like, "Well, they have their special barbell that they always use. They have their special pull-up bar. They have their special wall space. You know, they make their areas as." pristine and as precise as they can for their transitions and their own little setup and just they feel comfortable in their own gym and their own capacity but when it comes to doing it at three two one go and you don't have the opportunity to say oh wait like i'm gonna wait another 10 minutes stretch out a little more it's like you don't get that opportunity so it's about making yourself not train in the most comfortable areas possible because you're not gonna be able to do that game day and our friend Corey leonard says uh he quotes some m&m here one shot, one opportunity to get everything you ever wanted. Um, and I think there are people that are that thrive in that one shot mentality, right? And yeah. uh, it seems to me like you're that guy. Yeah, I fully feel that way. I, I just feel like on the competition floor and it's three, two, one, go, like it's just straight tunnel vision. Um, you don't even think about any type of like exterior, like pain or noise or anything else going on around you. And it just really feel like you're just kind of almost numb and just blurred vision for however long the event is until it's over. And then everything else comes back into reality. So it's just a whole different ball game. And I feel like I was just like rise to the expectation of what the competition expects out of you and always just perform at your best. And that's why I always just look forward to competition because 
every time I, I'm training in the gym, like I feel maybe at like 75, like 80% of my full capacity. So if I'm doing pretty good in the gym, I just know it's like, okay, well, game day competition floor, it's going to be that much better. I'm going to come back to CrossFit in a second, but I want to touch on some other stuff in your life. And that is you're the husband to Kiana. That's correct. That's right. Good job. (laughs) And uh, so I was doing some research and on her Instagram, she calls you the sexiest man on the planet. How hard is it to live up to that label? It's pretty tough. I think she might be fronting a little bit to try to make up for (laughs) any (laughs) lower qualities that I do have, but it's, it's a lot of pressure. Trust me. Yeah. She also brags about you a lot. You just graduated from college not that long ago with a 3.9 GPA posted that up for the world to see. Um, she is very, very proud of you. And it's probably because you gave her a kit, right? Case. (laughs) Yeah. That's probably the best thing I've ever done for her. She's pretty happy about that. So what's it like being a dad? It's crazy. It's nothing that I ever would have expected. Um, especially being as young as I am, I feel like life's come at me like a million miles an hour. Um, from once I got done with college sports, basically, I think I, everything, all the decisions that I've made kind of set my life into like hyper speed between getting married, super young, having a kid, just trying to graduate college. So it's crazy. I love it. It's the most rewarding thing ever. Um, it gives me a lot of purpose for why I do the things that I do. Um, it's just more added motivation for wanting to be successful and just wanting to stand up for the values and things that I do. And it just, it just makes life that much makes more sense to me, but why I'm doing things that I'm doing and gives me um, just a such much higher purpose. And I, I love him to death. And it's just, it's so fun being his dad. Are you still surprised at how fast they grow? It's, it's criminal how fast they grow. I mean, he's already uh, over a year, 15 months is how old he is. And he just gets bigger and bigger every day. I can't even believe, can't even believe it. So I, on your LinkedIn page, it has you listed as athletic development for a tennis academy. Are you still doing that? Yeah, that, that's kind of more, it's pretty um, supplemental. I, I, it's like a weekly occurrence. It's just part of kind of my, um, I guess you could say career aspirations is I want to do lots of just any type of strength conditioning, athletic development. I have some people at our um at our affiliate that uh, are the ones who own the academy. Um, and they just know my background in sports. They know the ability that I have in my sports background. And then now just with my degree and everything like that, they've, they've had me um, start working with some um, of their athletes and um, putting on clinics and development camps at their uh, uh, tennis academy. And it's been a really good um, experience and um, thing that I've just done part-time, at least with all the other coaching endeavors that I'm doing. So when you do something like that, you're not teaching tennis, right? You're, you're teaching all the other stuff around it to make them a better tennis player in the end. Right. I, I know zero about tennis. Like don't ask, I've never played tennis maybe once in PE in high school. So I don't do anything with a racket or anything with that, but I'm just working. I mean, these kids are young anywhere from like eight to 14 years old. So really we're just working very basic fundamental like athletic development qualities you know just building base strength good coordination good stability just trying to make them better all-around athletes it doesn't have to be that sport specific when they're this young and especially because most of them play several different sports we're really just trying to expose them to 
being adapt or to adapt to uh, being able to play sports at any level possible. Right. So you said that that's kind of your part-time gig and you have some other coaching endeavors. What, what is your main pri- primary gig? Yeah, I coach up at our affiliate at Wasatch CrossFit. I've been a coach there for almost two years now. Um, so I coach the majority of my classes there. And then I do, I work remotely with some um, people just online programming um, for some training as well as some nutrition things. I work up at the gym as well. Do you ever see yourself um, maybe coaching an elite athlete in the future? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily try to uh, advertise or try to pick that up. But I think if anybody, uh, you know, wanted to reach out to me for the experience and value they feel like I could provide to them and wanted me to, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And just depending on where my athletic career takes me and the accolades I can achieve in that, you know, that'll kind of, I think, iterate my ability to pick up and have um, those type of people looking for my help, basically. Yeah, I'm not trying to retire you early. No. You know, <laughs> after after the career's done, you know, in 15 years or so, when you're looking for that next gig. Um, so you're going to Pasadena. Who gets the coach's badge? Adrian will be there. Um, he will have, what's cool though, is he will have two other female athletes that are going to be there. Um, and then he also has a team that's going to be there. So that he's definitely going to have a full schedule of coaching and being there. Um, so I don't know. I think he only needs one coach's pass to be back there. So maybe I'll give my wife the coach's pass just so she can maybe have some free access. But um, Adrian will definitely be there um, in my corner, you know, helping me out with whatever I need, game strategy, mindset, things like that. Um, so it'll be good to have him there. So a lot of times when people have that scenario where, you know, <clears throat> they're with a training camp or whatever, and they get to give their coach's pass to one person, it varies on who they give it to, yeah. depending on what their need is in the back. Are you a person who's kind of head down and in your own head thinking about what's going to happen on the floor? Or do you need to be loose and like chatty and talking about other things to keep your mind off of what's on the floor? Uh, I would say I'm, I'd lean more towards loose. I, I don't like to get too analytical um, about like what I'm doing out on the floor. I kind of like to just like trust my instincts and – how I'm going to perform and just let myself do it. I know as I've gotten more competitive in the sport, it's become more necessary to definitely game things out and have more of a strategy. And I've gotten better at that, but I still, my natural tendency is just to kind of be loose, allow myself to just rely on all the work that I put into training and just see how it plays out. Cause I mean, that's just all it's going to be at the end of the day. It's either you're ready and prepared for what you're about to do on the floor or you're not. Um, there's just not so much you can do about it when it's time to go. You just got to rely on what you've already been working with. Is your wife, wife someone who can uh, promote that <clears throat> looseness? Yeah, I think she kind of tries to just um, let me just do my own thing. I, I guess I do like before game time goes, I kind of do get in my, not get in my own head, but I, I try to, I just get that tunnel vision where I don't have any idea what's going on around me. So I think she kind of just is around if I need anything, like getting me like a drink or any type of assistance that I need. She'll help me out. Like when I'm thinking of at least qualifier situations, she's like helping me set up the camera or, you know, just kind of adjusting space issues, making sure no one's, you know, getting in front of the camera and things like that. But 
she kind of just will do be around, do whatever I need her to do. It's funny because I've talked to athletes who are like, no, my wife's a wreck during these things. And she's the last person I need near me in the back when it's going on. We just let her go to the stands and I bring back like my best friend who <clears throat> is going to tell me jokes and stuff like that. Um, so I always like to get that input from the athlete. Um, I, I love to see that dynamic. Yeah, she's very low. She's like the most low stress person. She's kind of quite opposite of me. I'm, I'm a little more extroverted and talkative and things like that but she's pretty pretty reserved and just kind of just go with the flow of things so whatever whatever need be she's kind of just does whatever so well drake this has been awesome man getting to know you a little bit better uh i want to wish you good luck in pasadena uh we'll be out there uh so hopefully we'll get to meet you in person yeah. um with that uh thanks a bunch for jumping on man yeah appreciate you having me on it's good talk yeah, and for the audience, thank you for jumping in. We'll see everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast.